Blog Talk Radio. Did you know that elders and others are losing their rights to liberty and property? Anyone can petition a court to have a person deemed incapacitated. What if that person is you? The adult guardianship system was created to protect incompetent people and their assets. A court-appointed guardian, sometimes a total stranger, can force you into a nursing home and sell your home to pay for services. Treasured belongings can disappear as you are drugged and isolated from loved ones. Why does this happen? Unfortunately, the courts don't have the funding to supervise and audit cases. A guardian makes all decisions decisions on your behalf, taking control of your assets with little accountability. The potential for abuse is frightening. Luckily, not all guardians exploit those under their care, but when they do, there's really nowhere to go for help. The National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse, NASGA, is working to reform adult guardianship to return it to its once noble purpose of protecting the human rights to life, liberty, and property and ending financial exploitation of assets. Are you or your loved ones protected? To learn more, visit StopGuardianAbuse.org. Good evening, everyone. This is Marty Oakley of the PPJ Gazette Online. This, of course, is the TS Radio Network. Uh, tonight is in the mix with Kaz. Say hello, Kaz. Oh, Kaz can't say hello. She's busy at her bakery. If anybody is in the Milwaukee area, or Madison area, I'm sorry, um, visit Rosie's Bakery. It, you'll get some of the the best cinnamon rolls you have ever put in your mouth, among other things. And... Uh, but give her some business if you got a minute. She's my co-host on Friday night. She's extremely busy right now with Mother's Day orders and so on. So she'll be chiming in when and if she can. But she is listening in. Now, tonight we have another show about uh, another uh, celebrity. And um, if you may remember her from back in the 60s, and her name was Rusty Warren. And I was a very young woman at the time, but I remember she came out with a routine called Knockers Up. At the time, it was risque. It was <laughs> over the edge. It was out there. It was cutting edge. It was just something else and totally unexpected. Uh, she took a lot of heat over it, but she held the course. Compared to what they're doing today, this was basically marshmallow stuff. At that time, though, it was a different time, and this, like I say, this was cutting edge. Uh, Rusty had seven gold albums. Uh, she's a multi-talented woman. She's 91 years old. She has been abducted in guardianship. She's being held captive. With us tonight is her partner of 34 years, I believe, Liz Rizzo, and Liz has been fighting and battling for Rusty since they took her. Um, this is the standard treatment. They have isolated her. Uh, Liz can't see her, can't talk to her. They're telling Rusty that Liz doesn't want to see her or talk to her. It's trauma-based bonding, the Stockholm Syndrome in action, and to get her to identify with her captors so that she is more compliant. And it, it, it is one of the most sick of human behaviors i believe out there but this is textbook uh stuff this is done constantly all the time every day to hundreds if not thousands of elderly people across the country and they don't always have to be elderly either you can have a medical disability and maybe have some money and um uh, you're you're easy pickings this system has gotten so sick and so sad that 
Even I can't believe it. After 14 years of dealing with this, I am still stunned by the stories that I hear. Um, The movie that came out recently, I care a lot. Really, I couldn't even actually get through it hardly because it upset me so badly. It, It was a a treatment of what goes on. It was the culmination and fictionalizing of many cases that all had these same qualities, that all had these same elements in it, Uh, the theft of the estate, the selling of the house, forced selling of the house, uh, the seizing of of personal assets, the isolation, uh, everything. The, the only problem I had with it is they made the judge in there look like some kind of dodo, like he didn't know what was going on. And I will say for the 10,000th time, all of it pivots around that hearing examiner, ministerial clerk, or so-called judge. These are people are not dealing with law. Law doesn't apply. This is a tribunal. And they set up their own codes, regulations, and rules, and the law be damned. You have no constitutional rights in the tribunal. You can't claim any. We've had judges tell people, you mention the Constitution one more time, I'll hold you in contempt. What they didn't tell you was they have no authority to hold you in contempt. They have to send that order over to a state judge to sign and ship back to them. And that's who puts you in jail for talking about the Constitution. But there's a lot of misunderstandings about what goes on in these tribunals, and the law does not apply. You have to understand that it does not apply. They are not dealing with law. They created the statutes and the codes and everything else in order to facilitate this predatory racketeering. And that person sitting up there calling themselves a judge is the person charged with making sure everything runs exactly the way they had planned it. Most people find out the shock we see from families, the trauma from legal abuse syndrome is walking into a tribunal thinking they know they what the law is, the Constitution and their rights, and finding out that none of these things is in play. They do not have to follow the rules of evidence, the code of civil procedure. Charges can be levied against the family or caregivers or whomever that never have to be substantiated or proved. No evidence is supplied. None is asked for. It's as if it came from the mouth of God. It stands on the record that this person, maybe a family member, like I say, was fighting the guardianship. And But they did this, this, and this with absolutely no evidence whatsoever, and the judge lets it fly. What you need to understand is in 99% of the cases that go into these tribunals, everything has been decided before you ever walked in the door. And the rest of it is just a stage show. That's all it is. But like I say, our guest tonight is Liz Rizzo, and she was Rusty Warren's companion for more than 30 years. And she's here to talk about what has happened to Rusty, what she's done to try and fix this problem, and where she's at with it now. So, Rusty, welcome to the show. Um, Liz. <laughs> Hi, this yeah, is Liz hello. Rizzo here. Thank you for having yeah. me on your show. I'm really excited about oh, you bet. talking about a topic that probably touches a lot of people's lives. Yes. So, Yes. I could start from the beginning briefly and give you some history yes. about Rusty, if you'd like. 
Um, yes, please. I'm, I met Rusty when I was in my 20s, late 20s, and we were friends, then partners. And I really was not aware of her career until time passed. And I now I'm the expert on her career because I've written a book. <laughs> uh, it's on Amazon, Rusty Warren's biography. It's on Amazon. And um, I covered her career. Rusty made seven gold albums, and she made 15 albums in total. She was the comedian wow. that was telling people um, – Funny things about marriage, about husbands and wives, about things that women didn't talk about. Women didn't say they liked sex. They weren't allowed to. So Rusty kind of was the, the forerunner in her field, and she paved the way for women comedians. So as we move along here, the thing that happened is Rusty had, I went to visit Rusty, and she had a episode. She passed out at Denny's, and this is the day after I had visited her and called her roommate, Barbara, Barbara Burns, and said, Rusty's very ill. She wouldn't go to the hospital when I was visiting. Can you please take her to the hospital? Barbara said no. Rusty called me and said no, and the next day she passed out from a blood clot in her lungs, and she almost died that night. So now Rusty's in the hospital, and they discover that I'm the POA, so they don't let Barbara get the information, and Barbara's pissed. And she sends me a text that she can no longer care for Rusty. She's kicking Rusty out, and I'm to come collect her at my earliest convenience. So for the next month, Rusty is in the hospital, and it was pretty much touch and go. She had a reaction to the medication. She was totally delusional. She was, didn't know where she was. She was crying. And then at the same time, Barbara was kicking her out. So she couldn't understand why she couldn't go back to where she was living. But I did reassure her I was coming to get her. And the doctor said not to rush because she needed some rehab. So I did come get her, and I did what the doctor said and actually communicated with Barbara, who prior to this hospital visit didn't talk to me. She kept me isolated from Rusty. And I knew Rusty's dementia was getting worse. So Barbara and I worked together for a short time, and I came to get Rusty. So then I took Rusty to Arizona with my husband and I. We we weren't married at the time, my husband and I. But we took her home, and Rusty needed 24-hour care. We we realized that early on. So we we brought her to Tim McKenna and Gail Hansen in Tucson, who were friends of mine and Rusty's. They were actually fans of Rusty's. And because Rusty didn't want to go into a facility, even though it was a beautiful place, it was like being on a cruise ship, she wanted to be at home. So Tim and Gail agreed to take care of Rusty. We agreed on an amount, and they also said they were licensed, so her long-term care insurance would cover it. Well, needless to say, they were not licensed. And as the days passed, I began to get information from protective services and other people I know that said this was a bad place for her. And then I proceeded to try to get her out of there. And that's when the doo-doo hit the fan, so to speak. Uh, They wouldn't let me talk to her. They said she didn't want to come with me. They were exploiting her. 
filming her doing obscene gestures. Tim actually took a picture of Rusty's private parts because Rusty had a medical condition and emailed it to Protective Services. And he later denied it in court. Now, Tim McKenna is a registered senior abuse offender. He's on the Arizona registry. And he and Gail had a care home prior to this. And they had lots of accusations, so they're all alleged. They did receive a $150,000 life insurance policy from someone they were caring for. You know, I, I can't say what's true or what's not true. I can only say what I've seen on paper. So during these months of them having rescued, I said, I'm coming to get her. And they tried to convince me, let's do a lawsuit for MetLife and everything will be fine. And I didn't, I didn't like it. did not like the idea of it. it just, they were lying to me and they were telling me um, that they didn't care if they were licensed. They were going to use someone else's license. And mind you, all of the things I'm saying today are from the court documents. They're from solid evidence. So I can keep going on if you want me to. Um, yes, please. Uh, okay, so Rusty's down in Green Valley, Arizona with these Tim and Gail, and I'm sending gift cards, and I'm sending supplies. And with December, because I brought it there end of November, mid-December, I said, look, I have a month off from work. I'm coming to get her. Because I didn't feel like she was safe there. I tried to get her in January. And then by the end of January, they would not accept my calls. So I get a call from Protective Services, and they tell me that they've had five different doctors call to complain that Tim McKenna and Gail were exploiting Rusty. They were taking her to doctor's appointments and filming the appointments and telling people she was a great star. You know, Rusty didn't need that. I tried to get Rusty out of there in, I'd say February, because I was back in Hawaii working full-time so I could pay for this care. And I couldn't get her. Protective services said if she doesn't want to go, we can't get her. So she didn't want to go, we couldn't get her. The next month I come back again. This time, Tim and Gail refused medical service to her or medical care. So what we did was a rescue mission. I was not there at the place down the street because they had a restraining order on me. Tim and Gail took out a restraining order, and it's, the dates match up to the dates while Rusty was living with Barbara Burns, who is the woman who sued for guardianship. And they have verbal abuse, fiscal exploitation of me. They were, you know, accusing me, medical neglect. So I took this document, which was served on me in March of 2019. And a restraining order in the state of Arizona is supposed to be heard within 10 days. Those are my legal rights. Well, it wasn't heard for three months. And at that point, the attorney, Rusty's attorney who was court-appointed, Stephanie Stoltman, made a deal in the hallway of the Tucson courthouse. And she said, if you let Rusty call Barbara Burns, we'll drop the case. And I made the call because I was afraid. I had them make the call. I had Rusty make the call. Well, Richard did, actually. 
But going over this restraining order, it later came out in a future case that Barbara fueled this to keep me away from Rusty. It was just made up, um, totally made up, you know, verbal abuse via telephone. Right. Some of, yeah, some of the dates, I was in New York opening the Comedy Museum exhibit for Rusty. Rusty and I were so excited. Oh, she man. was thrilled. So they kept her, and finally the police took her out, April 16th. I went down there with my lawyer, and they said because of the restraining order, I should stay away. But now the court said to me, her name is Roxanne, 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 I I wrote her name down today, Roxanne Skinner at the Green Valley Courthouse. I would call her every day and say, (laughs) did you find, they lost my restraining order. The court lost it. They couldn't find it. And I oh. said, I need to have my, my day in court. So every day I called her. And she said, it's not official until it goes to court. So now months go by. In the meantime, Rusty needs medical care. So now I've got her with me. She's in a care home 10 minutes from here. Richard picks her up every day. We take her to doctor's appointments. My friends take her to doctor's appointments. And um, she needed surgery. She had a, her intestines were coming out of her body. It's pretty, pretty graphic, oh my God. and it was painful. She was, she had no dignity. The pain was excruciating. And this was what happened when I picked her up from Barbara Burns initially. She had this problem, and then Gail took her to the doctor, and they said, you know, she's a risk. At 89, she was a risk. But the doctor who, um, Dr. Stewart in Tucson, agreed that, this would shorten Rusty's life. The pain was just too much. The pain and the embarrassment and the lack of dignity. So he had me go to 28 doctor's appointments. The pulmonologist, the cardiologist, the, the, the psychiatrist, to make sure Rusty understood what was happening because she had to have a colostomy. But she was able to sit down. Okay. She was able to go out and have some happiness. Being pain, And she was pain-free, but... Unfortunately, she had some complications in the hospital, and I stayed with her day and night. It was about 30 days in the hospital total. And um, in the meantime, the court case was going on, and they were accusing me of trying to kill Rusty by having the surgery. Um, it's all in the court documents here. Even the judge, Judge Kenneth Lee, you know, said that a reasonable person, I'm going to read what he said here, would think that you were trying to kill her to get her estate. Now, little do they know, there is no estate. The only estate was our home. We owned a home 30 years together. So they imagined Rusty had all this money and throughout the court documents, because I read them all today, there's a theme of them trying to take possession of the home, kick Liz Rizzo out. Yeah. Yes. So they accused me of stealing money. There was $300 in a U.S. bank account that Rusty had. She added Barbara's name. And I have a phone recording because Barbara called me at home, my home number. And when I picked it up, it recorded it. And I didn't realize till later, we talked about that account. And I said, I want to take the money because Rusty needs the money now. And Barbara said, yes, go ahead. But in court, she told the judge I stole it. So, of course, I think I'm a terrible person. 
Yeah. But yeah. I didn't steal it. So I have proof. Yeah. Then, prior, then I come home because I was going between Arizona and Hawaii. I come home from Hawaii. I open the mail. And inside the, from the bank there, Barbara had been writing checks on Rusty's account to pay bills and to write herself checks for expenses. She wrote 42 bounced checks, which cost Rusty, on my account, $1,700. And um, Oh, wow. Also, yeah, that was a lot of money. That was a lot of money. And I asked Barbara about it. I said, you could have called me because that account only had so much money in it. Rusty just used it to pay Barbara $500 rent, but Barbara raised it to 800 which is irrelevant. And then Barb, I filed a police report in Orange County, and they called Rusty and asked her, did you give Barbara authority? And she said she didn't remember. And then they called me back after the guardianship case, and I think I was so <laughs> defeated that I just said, I don't even want to do anything more about this because, like, what am I going to do? You know, you fight and fight and yeah. fight. So in the meantime... I have been in court many times this past year and a half. Um, the caregivers, Tim and Gail, sued me for contempt of court. And then in a separate suit, they sued me for kidnapping, which oh, I didn't, obviously didn't. So the judge ruled on both dismissed with prejudice. And according to my attorney at the time, he said the court told these people do not come back in here with these frivolous lawsuits. These are these are not it's not gonna happen in this courtroom. But I'm gonna go back to something here about Rusty living with these people, Tim and Gail. During the process, I was paying them four thousand dollars the first month Rusty was there. And that was based on her getting reimbursed from her long term care insurance. And they uh-huh. said they were licensed. And they were not. So they were only entitled to $895. And I said, look, I, you know, i got to figure this out because this is, this is new to me. All of a sudden I've got Rusty and I'm not sure, you know, what, where we're going, but we're going to take care of her. So they were started drugging her. And when I went to the first judge, he said it was irrelevant, Judge Lee. He said, this is totally irrelevant. I kept saying, look, these people drugged her with trazodone. And, in fact, right in front of me I have a lawsuit that they filed to MetLife, and it says trazodone, uh, 100 milligram tablets three times a day after meal. So she was Gee, Merry Christmas. And yeah. another document I have here is her CVS Arizona patient prescription records. Going back mm-hmm. a year prior to this, nothing. Never prescribed trazodone. Now we, we know Tim Where'd McKenna they get the takes trazodone. Tim McKenna takes trazodone. He is severely mentally ill, according to this letter here. It's a cope letter, and Gail says, you know, he's very ill, but he's on his medication, and they kept medications. When they had a care home, when people would pass away, they would keep the medication. Uh-huh. They admitted to that. So, so here they're drugging her, and they're now pushing her intestines back inside of her. Gail is doing this. And I said, Gail, you cannot oh keep doing God. that. We need to. One day I, I get a call from Gail, and she said, Rusty needs more of those pads and depends. She's gone through 164 of them in four days. And I, what? I went, what? 
Yeah, exactly. What? I said, oh, my God. She, well, we're, at on, we're going to the emergency room. She's been bleeding for three days. Now I'm in a total panic. So I contact Barbara Burns, who I think is my friend, and, of course, no reply. Barbara's just, you know, not going not gonna to respond to me. And now I know why, because they have had already started the guardianship procedures, you know, the proceedings. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is all overlapping. So Barbara's the guardian. Rusty's over here. Rusty's the prize for everyone. She's going to be the cash cow. Mm-hmm. Well, we had another hearing. I was not involved in this hearing because I became trustee and resigned <laughs> because they were going to try to remove me. And they've tried to discredit me. So my ex-attorney goes to court with the new trustee, and they get my name cleared. They made them all sign that Liz Rizzo did nothing. She didn't steal any money from Musty. They did, however, find a Netflix charge that went out of Rusty and I's account. Because so, I tried to switch everything out. I had, to, I had to give Barbara half of the money in my account. I had to give Barbara, I think I Why? gave her... Because that's what the judge ruled. He said, because Rusty's name is on it, how do we know that it's not her money? I said, well, my Social Security goes in there. My paychecks go in there. I can prove to you that none of it's coming from Rusty. But he just said, you have to give him half. And I did. And I gave her the money from the Facebook and the GoFundMe because Rusty had to be airlifted during this whole McGillicuddy of stuff. And the doctor said it's going to be about $30,000. Well, I panicked. I said, oh, my God, where, where am I coming up with this money? So I did a fundraiser. And they ripped me apart in court that I was stealing money. And even the last case, Barbara said, I didn't give her all the money. Well, little, I, and I told them, Facebook takes a percentage and GoFundMe takes a percentage. And I showed them the documents, yeah. but they still they accused me of stealing her things. Originally, when we got her, the day, the day April 16th, 2019, it was a rescue mission. Rusty's goddaughter flew from another state, and then different the police were there, the lawyer was there, protective services, and I was asked to stay, you know, a mile away because I didn't want to be involved in this. And they got Rusty out of there. And that's when, you know, Gail said she was kidnapped. So in this oh. last hearing, yeah, she said she was kidnapped. So I have a little, I'm going to read you from the court document. It's where Gail okay. says, um, it says something about the restraining order. And Gail's answer is, it was not my idea, or it was my idea, because Liz Rizzo kept calling and calling and saying she was coming after Rusty. And Rusty said she didn't want to go. That was not the case. When I dropped Rusty off, our first conversation, Rusty and I, was, come get me, I'm bored. I want to come with you and Richard. Uh, And I have video of Rusty interviewing her when I did get her back. And she does not, she wanted to be in her own place. So what they were saying about Rusty through this whole case was hearsay. And they wouldn't let her come to court. Never, never, never. And her court-appointed lawyer would always tell the judge, no, she's not well enough to come here. This this was a big case. We had three judges, five attorneys, and 
very expensive. And then in court, Barbara was honest in court sometimes. Here she's, the, the question is, what, so your relationship with Rusty Barbara was really of that as a fan when she was a comedian. She said, well, we were friends, 30-year gap and a 25-year gap. So that's oh. not really close. So, yeah, they, yeah. they made it look like, <laughs> right? I mean, I don't see it for 30 yeah. years. I mean, and I met Barbara once in the 30 years that I knew Rusty. We had lunch together. On the, on a, we were on a cruise ship, Rusty and I, in Maui. And that was it. Uh-huh. And then that was 2000. So in 2016, Barbara emailed Rusty, and then they reconnected as friends. So here, I'm going to read wow. this to you if you don't mind. This, this is from the court no, document. And it is my former attorney interviewing Gail Hansen. And he said, you stated in the pleadings over and over that somehow Liz Rizzo Oh, he says, excuse me, Rusty was kidnapped from your house, from you. And she says, that's correct. Well, did you have a power attorney, Gail? No, I didn't. Were you the guardian? No, I wasn't. Were you the conservator? No, I wasn't. Well, what right do you think you had to maintain custody of Rusty? And she answers, I had no right. Rusty had a right to say what she wanted, and she expressed that. And the question again well, but you're the one who has been alleging that she was kidnapped from you. And Gail answers, yes, she was kidnapped from my home. Question, but you had no legal standing to maintain custody over her. And Gail says, no, I did not. But you did have an interest in her staying with you because you were making money from her being there. And so that goes on from there. And then Uh she pays back from this. there's a part where Gail is asked about the restraining order, and she said Barbara suggested it. Barbara suggested it to keep Liz Rizzo away. So that was, yeah, Barbara suggested it, you know, because they came up with these dates that, I mean, I I didn't even live with Rusty, so. But I was coming to visit her groceries for years. I bought her groceries. I gave her whatever she wanted. We took her out. We had a great time. And people can tell you that. So, yeah. I don't know if you have this happen very often, but Rusty and I had a trust. We had a uh-huh. living trust, as you call it. And she took that first one out in 1990, and then she reamended it in 92, and then 2004, and then I think 2009. So, with all that, you'd think those were her wishes. But no, Barbara Burns had Gail and Tim take Rusty to a lawyer, Barbara's lawyer, Doug Newborn in Tucson. And he drew up a new trust. And Rusty was brought there. Um, I'm assuming by then because they had her. And Rusty refused to sign it. In typical Rusty fashion, she said, why do I need a trust? I already have a trust. But my feeling is that Doug Newborn acted unethically to take an 89-year-old woman with dementia. They already had her deemed demented without my permission by a court psychologist, Patricia Baldotti. That was her name. And she said, oh, yeah, she's definitely got dementia. So why would you take her 
And in court, it came up. They were asked, why did you do this? Well, Rusty wanted us to have her money. All they talked about oh. in this case was money, money, money. They thought there was a lot of money. They tried to take possession, Barbara did, of the house I was living in for 30 years. And the judge eventually said no because it's in the trust. So then they said they were going to force me to sell it. And I sold it because I didn't want to be taken to court because it wouldn't have been good. Because right. I wouldn't have gotten some. So yeah. a lot of accusations about me not paying them. And even though they made an agreement to take less money until I figured out where the finances were going to come from. Because it wasn't easy to just go, yeah. you know, we didn't have an account where it was like a bank account. It was a brokerage account. So we had to cash things in. Right. It had to go through a process. But I wanted her out of there. You know, and, yeah. you know, I picked her up. When we picked her well, up that day, you... she had this. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. When you... no, no, go um, ahead. We, you we said when you picked day... her up that day? Yeah, on, uh-huh. on um, I think it was April 16, 2019. Mm-hmm. She had a big sore on her knee, and it was so painful. She couldn't wear pants. Well, she had cancer, and it was deep. So it had been there a while, and oh, they didn't wow. take care of it. And I was just so broken, sad. They took my dear Rusty, my friend, the love of my life. I mean, you know, I'm married to Richard now. I love Richard. (laughs) And Rusty loved him. She absolutely adored this man. And I've got that on video. Someday I'm going to release those videos. She loved him. He took care of her. He cared for her. You know, he was kind. And they ripped him apart in court. They said he was intimidating. That was it. You know, the, oh, the, the, this one is, of the this attorneys is what said, I said, Liz, in the opening yeah. of the show. They can stand there and say anything they want. They can malign you, yeah. insult you, and absolutely yep. tell the most outrageous lies, and they get away with it. They are never asked for as evidence. The only evidence they have is that they said it, and um, you can't You're question right. that. They, no, yeah, no. Absolutely destroy anybody that comes against them. Right, yeah. anyone, and, and the date, see, oh, now, now we finally get to the time where I get subpoenaed to go to the restraining order. So I have to go in a separate car. Richard takes Rusty because, frankly, Rusty wants this over. She's like, I want to be able to see Liz. Oh, uh, okay. She's able to verbalize her needs, her wishes. Well, when she gets there, in walks Stephanie Stoltman, who was her lawyer for the guardianship case, her court-appointed lawyer. And now she bamboozles her way up to the, to the judge and says, I'm her lawyer, and I don't want her to speak. And they put earphones on Rusty. Now Rusty freaked out. And Gail also, Gail and Tim came there. And my husband Richard was with Rusty, and they made him get away. So here they've got Rusty and her former abusers, and they're, of course she's going to freak out because she doesn't know what's going right. on. She's there to speak to say, hey. I, I'm, Liz never did anything to me, but they wouldn't let that yeah. happen. You know, so yeah, like you say, no. constant, I, I mean, page after page, even when I had her in the hospital, I had the hospital put her as a do not announce. So no one could talk to her because the doctor said she's not going to be able to take visitors. And I was in Tucson and that's where those people live down near Tucson. I didn't want them walking in the hospital. But, of course, Rusty's right. attorney you know, accused me of, of denying her. Well, I didn't even know she wanted to see her. 
And the doctor yeah. wrote a note that you get to court. A lawyer's visit would be contrary to the patient's health because Rusty had a heart condition. She, you know, we knew this, but she pulled through. She pulled through with flying colors. And they tried to say, I tried to kill her. <laughs> the surgery was wrong. I mean, what doctor who is a specialist, one of the best in the state, would do a surgery if he thinks the patient's going to die? I mean, yeah. it doesn't make sense. But like you said, it's that constant pecking at the family, the people. Who really, I had her best interest at heart. But they, you know, Marty, I want to say in court, I I think I could have been calmer. But here I felt like I was fighting for my life and for Rusty's life. You were. I really did. You were. I was. I was fighting for yeah. You know, and you were you were away. fighting against a criminal racket that has set that court yeah. up so that yeah. you can't win, no matter what, you cannot win. Uh, they, no. They've got but, the person, they've abducted them, yeah. they've got them captive, there is yeah. money at the other end of that of one sort or another, they want it, and they will lie, cheat, and steal to get it. They do it every day. I wish I knew this years ago. Now, even in court, yeah. to, to this day, the judge brought up, about Rusty and I being gay. Now, that was our privacy. We didn't want this in court. Now it's public yeah. record. And he said you were in a mm-hmm. long time, a sexual relationship. I mean, come on. What does that have to do with guardianship? And he says, yeah. obviously, a gay relationship, you know. Um, <laughs> he said, it was terrible to be a gay woman. Yes, it was. I consider myself to be bisexual. But I have a lot uh-huh. of feelings for gay people because they go through hell even to this day. Even though everything is, yeah. you know, gay marriage. There's still that underlying hatred towards gay people by some people. Yes. So the judge now tells me in court, well, in 2014, why didn't you get married? I said, because Rusty and I wanted privacy. Because once you get married, it's public record. She didn't want her fans to know. We didn't want our, some of our friends to know, our straight friends. You know, we lived a sheltered, quiet, you know, we weren't out. And I said we had a trust right. to protect us. We lived as man and woman would live. We raised, we had a yes. home, we raised children. I had a dog, uh, Buddy, who passed away. But we had a <laughs> home. I did it. You know, I put a lot of money into the house because it was our home. And Rusty left yes. there because of her, her COPD. The volcano right. in Hawaii was always erupting. And so she left. And I don't know. It's just, yeah. it's just a sad, it sad is, thing. You know, and like I say, you, what you're describing is everyday occurrence in these probate tribunals. These things were set yep. up intentionally to run just exactly in the way you've described. And as long as any player in this can see the prospect, can steal from someone else and get away with it, it's no holds barred. These people will lie, cheat, steal, fabricate evidence. Um, and like I say, all of it revolves around that probate judge. They're the one that facilitates everything. They're the one that makes sure everything goes as planned. The ex parte meetings are never ending. Uh, Planning is done before you ever step foot in that courtroom. And many times people find out that their attorney, that they're paying, is working with the attorney for the guardian. And it just, I think what bothers me, Liz, behind all of this, is this is such an inhumane, horrendous thing to do to another person out of greed, 
and avarice. Uh, it is such a terrible thing to do to know that you have terrorized, traumatized, caused untold suffering and misery to another individual because you want to steal what they've got. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, and yes. I, I'm, I'm there with you 100%. <laughs> You know, I mean, they terrorized yeah. Rusty. I have a video of her because I, I, I taught me had a lot of conversations. I was able to see her um, for for months. And she said, these people, I don't know if I said this earlier, but they told her I wasn't coming back. I didn't want her. Right. And she said, I'm sorry, yeah, Liz, that's... I signed documents because I was mad at you. And she said, I, I couldn't mm-hmm. understand why you didn't want me anymore. And I thought, oh, my it's God. It's my heart. Bonding. Yes, my mm-hmm. heart broke because I here's Rusty at that point. If you gave her a cookie, she would say, I want to go home with you. She was in that condition. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and you know, so it, it goes on and on and on. I mean, I guess they thought there was a they they accused me of hiding money, they accused me of you know yes. hiding stealing when they were doing the stealing, they wouldn't give her things back. Yes. Right. After I got her they kept her eyeglasses. Tim uh-huh. and Gail kept her eye. They kept her ID. They kept okay. some jewelry. You know, they kept yeah. her hearing aid. One of the things, you know, and I had Liz, to go get the things the- we have. One of the yeah. things we have uh, come to the conclusion of in all of this is many of these, and we had those two, and I'm surprised that they don't nail any men for this. They always go after the women, which surprises me women would be involved in this, but that uh, Rebecca Furley in Florida and April Parks in Nevada. And both of them kept the urns of ashes of people they had euthanized. And they kept them like trophies. And I have yet to hear a case where the Guardian didn't run in, take personal possession, very personal possessions, jewelry, everything. It's like they have to get their trophy. Just like a serial Absolutely. killer, a lot of times they take body parts. These people are taking personal possessions, something that was yep. intimate to that person, and they're keeping right. it. And then uh, Rebecca Furley, as I understand it, had glass shelves in her office with urns set on them of people she'd had stolen from and then had euthanized. And <laughs> uh, April Parks kept hers in a warehouse, a, a storage unit, where only she could see them. This is this is the activity of a serial killer. These people have found the perfect way to commit the most god-awful crime, make right. it look like they're doing a service to the public, and get away with it. Um, they, this is It's unthinkable what they do, what they get away with. Liz, in all of this, have you ever gone like to your state senators or the representatives, the governor, anyone? Yes, I I was working closely with the attorney general's office because early on okay. there was a meeting. I think 18 people, the FBI was there because they, they uh-huh. this is from Protective Services, said they were certain that Tim or Gail, one of the two, forged Rusty's signature. They had her sign a $39,000 contract to stay with them. And oh, she wow. fully knowing, you know, and I was her power of attorney and I told them not to, but they did. They were able to collect mm-hmm. the money from Barbara Burns. Barbara paid them even after the court ruled that they weren't entitled to it. So she paid them, and the trust had to pay Barbara back $15,000. Oh. So I did, I did and I reached out sense. to Dina Hitsky. She's with this agency that saves people. Well, that was a dead end. I went to the news media. Um, I checked with 
you know, I worked with Protective Services and his resources, and he was disgusted because at first, the first case, the judge would not let, the, well, actually, the attorney general had to have permit, give permission to open the sealed records because Tim and Gil were accusing me of making all the calls that came uh, to the protective offices, you know, about records. Uh-huh. They accused me of making the call, and that wasn't the case, obviously. Okay. You know, I, and then when the court records were open, they realized, oh, Liz didn't do this. You know, no, uh, you know right. so in a later case, which I was not a party to, but I, I do know, the, I have the information, they made the party sign that, you know, these things did not happen. All these, you know, but still, my life has been altered. You know, my my spirit, yeah. my soul, my my health. I know what you're. Yeah, I know exactly. I hear this all the time from people, and this is what I've tried to explain to people that are new to this. This doesn't just happen to the victim in this case, Rusty. There's a downstream effect. It ripples through the family. It ripples through the community, through friends, through all sorts of ways. But they're not the only one that are being destroyed by this system. All the people that surround them get destroyed at the same time. When I was first in this, Liz, I was stunned at the number of people who were mortgaging their house two and three times trying to pay attorneys who never did a damn thing for them uh, to try and get mom or dad or whoever it was out of guardianship. They were spending their kids' college funds. And time after time we saw these attorneys collude with the other attorney and or stand in the courtroom silent, wouldn't defend them or present a case, wouldn't do anything. We had an attorney, well, actually we had four of them, walk to the door of the courtroom, turn around to his clients and say, I can't represent you in this. You're going to have to find somebody else and walk away. The mm-hmm. <laughs> one case they had paid a $15,000 retainer. They were never able to get a dime of that money back. And, oh, but this, this, goes on. this is such a racket, and it was all set up by the bar associations. This is who set this mess up. And then it was easy enough to find people that were low, of low character and no integrity to pick up and be the, the predators, the guardians. And once one spread on what a lucrative business that was, that you could get away with actually taking someone hostage and then stealing everything they had, and nobody would do anything. Um, it, it just mushroomed and ballooned, and they are doing this globally. There's a company called i capital I-K-O-R, all capital letters, that operates globally that sells franchises on how to establish conservatorships and guardianships and their byline is fast, easy, consistent money. And but we're seeing this happen all around the world. People are being taken elderly and they're basically it's trafficking. It it I it they are it, they've commodified us. It's what are we Absolutely. worth in the system if, if they take us hostage if they yep. Yes. How much are we worth? What can they get out of us? And you take, as a friend pointed out to me at one point in time, just in the local community, one person like on Social Security, between the doctors and the pharmacies and the therapists and the this and the that and the something else, can be worth a million dollars just uh, annually just in your local community with fees, charges, funding that can be accessed, all of this stuff. They have commodified us. 
mm-hmm. and we have no protection. Um, I think no. our judicial we, system we is is such a shambles. Yeah, it's such a shambles. It, it and it's just a charade. Um, anything that comes out from any of the courts, everybody's like, oh yeah, okay, and exactly, but, and they get exactly. away with it. Yeah, no, they do. And that's why I went to school. I went back to school. I got a master's degree in criminal justice, um, courts, corrections, and investigations. And that helped me through this case to gather evidence. And, you know, I'm looking through the papers today. I'm looking at what Stephanie Stoltman said about me. Um, She's assuming Mm -hmm. that Rusty has other properties. She's saying that Liz Rizzo is trying to get power and control over Rusty when that's what they're doing. And that's what Rusty wanted me to do. I've been managing Rusty's affairs for years. There was no problem. I didn't steal a dime from her. I have her in a conversation saying, I trust Liz. She has not stolen a dime. I trust her with everything. And she did. You know, and and this goes, these documents, one court document is 200 pages. Another one's another 100 pages. And to me, it's, it should have never gotten this far. She had, there was a, a chain of command. She had a trust. It was in there where her wishes were. The judge just totally glazed over it like it didn't matter Ignored it. because he, yep. Yep, they, what did they do? They dehumanized me to make me the devil. I was like the devil. I yes. was after Rusty. I already had yes. a house with her in Hawaii. It wasn't like I was trying to take something I didn't have, you know, and I right. gave her things over the years. I supported half of that household. It was like all of a sudden I'm right. no longer a human. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, and it is you know, a dehumanizing experience, and this—it's all built around destroying your character, your name. Oh yeah, it's all built around dehumanizing the person they're attempting to abduct or have abducted, and this, to me, under any other circumstances, would be federal kidnap. And yes, I'll tell be. you something that really irks me, Liz, is that the police mm-hmm. will. Follow these people to the home of whomever they're going to snatch. And instead of protecting that potential victim, they uphold this this predator. That really concerns me. Um, they've got this uniform commercial law they're bringing out now that if it spreads state to state, and they want it to because there's a lot of – uh, there's a lot of zingers in there. And basically what it will allow is for these predators – to move state to state um, with ease. The law will be the same in the state next door as it is in your state. So I can take the person I've abducted and move them over to state X, whatever that state is, and house them there and refuse to tell you where that person is or their state. Are they okay? Are they alive? You can't get any information. If this was truly about the person they have abducted, giving out information about their whereabouts, should be no problem. Their status health-wise, are they don't have to give particulars. Are they doing okay? No, can't have that either. The phone calls, can't have that either. Um, visits, no, no, no. Isolation. Isolation is always supposed to be the very last resort when nothing else works. Right. It's always the first thing they do is isolate. And that trauma-based bonding begins. <laughs> that Absolutely. terrorizing that person begins immediately and the isolation Mm -hmm. 
enforces what they're saying. They say things like, well, you don't see anybody here. You don't see her here, do you? Well, we told you she doesn't care. She doesn't want to talk to you, and she doesn't want to see you. don't see her, do you? I'm the only one you've got. You better do what I tell you, or I'm going to leave too, and then you're going to be all alone. These are the kind of animals you're dealing with. They have no they conscience. They have no you're empathy. Right. And no sympathy. They have no sense of integrity, no nothing. These are predators. They are no different than a wild dog running in the woods. And right. they, that these people are held up in the community as some sort of pillar, you know, oh, they did this and they gave so much money over here. Yeah, but it wasn't their money to give. They stole mm-hmm. that from somebody else and they are paying you to keep your mouth shut. Um, right. It just... It's absolutely disgusting. And, you know, when I was first in it, Liz, the number of people said, well, I never heard it. Well, you must have done something wrong or they wouldn't have done that. You don't have to do anything wrong. You just have to be older with an estate. Or we have like that that predator up there in Detroit, that Mary Rowan, who's doing business by volume. She has, last we heard, 1,700 wards. Now, think about that. She is taking all of their Social Security. She's taking any railroad or VA retirement funds. She stashes them in one of the residential homes that she owns that's never been inspected and walks away. They get $44 a month out of their own money, spending money, and she's out on a Caribbean cruise three or four times a year. That she never visits these people, never sees about them. They chain the refrigerators shut at night so they can't get any food. Sometimes they've gone for days without food, no heat in the winter for days, and nobody can do anything about it. She gets more wards. And uh, it's, I mean, just think Social Security alone, the average being, I think, what, 1100 a month on Social Security. Take that times right. 1700 yeah, that's, that's and crazy. This is what she's raking in every month. And this is what I talk about. I just had a question here come in on the message board about legal capacity. What legal capacity is, is basically your right to exist and to contract, you know, business, any business you do, even, you know, ordering an ice cream cone, it's considered contract. Your right to um to to that capacity to be able to enter into contracts to get married if you want to uh whatever you to transact business of any kind um and your legal status is how do you exist in the law in the in society how do you exist well they've stripped you of your identity you can't even use your own name anymore they've assumed your identity present themselves as you and sign for money and insurance and whatever else they want to so this is a system that has been carefully put together wherein the family has no rights whatsoever, none. The, what the victim wants is never considered. We went from being incompetent, meaning you had, you had um, dementia or maybe Alzheimer's, to incapacitated, which means anything. You stubbed your toe, you bumped your head, you're incapacitated. Now you can't do any of these things, but they take away your legal status and your your legal agency, and they right. leave you they nothing. It. Now the yep. yeah the law does not apply to you because you have basically suffered a civil death, and you don't exist as far as the law is concerned. You can't file anything in court because they have taken your identity, and you are no one. Uh, it, this is such an 
intricate, twisted system. It was put together by psychopaths, and several other people of low moral character jumped on the bad bandwagon. I would be ashamed. I would be ashamed for people to know I was a guardian. <coughs> and but people like me can't be guardians because we're not we're not out to hurt anyone or harm them or make them unhappy. And you know we've talked about this many times, Liz. Um, isolation is number three on the prohibitions on torture um, through the UN. Globally, isolation is considered a severe form of torture. As human beings, we cannot be isolated. We are herd animals. We have to be touched and talked to and have eye contact with other human beings. And that doesn't mean being beat up while you're in a wheelchair. And but what happens is exactly what happens to in, in the case of babies and failure to thrive. They aren't held enough, loved on enough, cooed at enough, and they start withering physiologically, and they just succumb to it. The same thing is happening with the elderly. They are isolated away from everyone they know and love. They are not hugged, loved on, <laughs> talked to. They are basically left sitting or laying, whatever the case may be. Uh, seldom is anybody paying any attention to them. And that withdrawal from society, from just life, they start withering. And many times they will die very quickly from it. Um, right. And it's something they depend on. That's something they well, depend on is that they will succumb to this. But anyway, go ahead. No, I was going to say early on when Tim and Gail had Rusty, you know, I had early conversations, which I recorded. I asked Rusty, we have a carte blanche. She knows that I record some things. She wanted to come out from there. She said it was boring, and they isolated her and left her alone. And they accidentally sent me a text. They included me in the loop of a text where Tim had to go, he needed a ride somewhere, and Gail had to come get him. She said, well, Rusty should be okay for a few few minutes. So they left her and in a chair she couldn't get out of, in her Depends, which she had a lot of urinary tract infections while she was down there, yeah. just sitting in her own urine and feces. You know, and, right. you know, when I found that out, I mean, I couldn't get her out of there. I, I, went, I went crazy because I wanted to just yeah. drive over and do it. But no, the law says... Uh, you know, you can't do that. And, um, you know, it's just Did you ever notice in all of this, Liz, that you were the only one yes. abiding by the law? <laughs> I mean, well, did that ever actually, strike you? you know, during, yeah, I, 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 I did abide by the law, except with this restraining order, which was so convoluted. Mm-hmm. The, even though it hadn't gone to court, another judge ruled that everyone could see Rusty, which everyone right. in the case. So. I, I saw her. I would pick her up with Richard, yeah. and then they said, no, 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 that, that's wrong. You can't do it. So then, you know, I, I couldn't go to the care home. But I did, we did set an apartment up for her. So everything was already done. Uh-huh. And her goddaughter came down here, and she can't even see her goddaughter. You know, now, Rusty oh, doesn't wow. have any family. She was adopted. So they, boy, they milked this to death in the, in the court documents. Yeah. She has no family, no one to care for her. And then they said here with Barbara, because um, when Barbara told me you're the POA, take her, um, this is what you've been saying in the past, she says also in this court document, I can no longer take care of her. Too much for me. 
So I agreed to do it because I promised Rusty I'd do it, you know. Uh, so mm-hmm. the thing is, she couldn't do it. She kicked her out when she was in the hospital almost dying. And then they made Jeez. me the bad guy. The minute she realized that yeah. Rusty wanted to give her money, oh, boy, wow, now let's go get Rusty. But here's the here's the yeah. kicker. Rusty was given to Barbara in 2019, September. Barbara was supposed to take her to mm-hmm. California. She did not take her September, October, November, December, January, February, March. I get wind of this. She's down with Tim and Gail, who the police said were unsafe. It was an unsafe environment. So I go back to court. Wow. And my husband loaned me some money, and we, we took them back to court. They, Judge, Judge um, Cynthia Kuhn made them mm-hmm. take Rusty up. And they said Gail could no longer take care of her. Amen. And that's because Protective Services said <laughs> Gail Hansen was the worst caregiver in his whole career. Holy cow. Oh, I mean, wow. that's a powerful word. So here Barbara took yeah. her back there, left her there, and she was charging her $1,500 a month for her guardian fees when she wasn't even there. So it's the same thing that you're saying. Oh, wow. These people put these people. So we forced Barbara to take her to California, like she said. So now that that happens, Barbara doubles down, and instead of the four thousand or five thousand a month that paying to have her care for, now it's sixteen thousand, seventeen thousand. Um, legal fees are attached on top of that every month, and that is ridiculous. Oh wow! And a rusty is with caregivers twenty four seven, and you know it's and then oh this I heard from a, a friend. I'm not going to say who says Barbara's bragged mm-hmm. about having care, all this wonderful help in the house. And wait a minute, that's M- Rusty's money that they're using for, you know, yeah. they're supposed to be there for Rusty. And I, it just makes me, makes me very sad. I get, I get sad a lot. I get sad a lot over there. Yeah. Because I don't know what a to lot do of people to stop do. it, except I want Barbara, what I, you know what my wishes are? That they remove her right. as guardian. And either give her a special guardian because they already discredited me because I loved Rusty. Right. I still do. She was my rock mm-hmm. in my life. I mean, I went through all my college. I, you know, I grew up. I was twenty to my sixties. You know, we even when we weren't together yeah. as a couple, we loved each other. I cared <laughs> for her. You know, so this is what they took away. Now Barbara has been court ordered to let me speak with her. Well, Barbara isn't going to do that. I knew that right away. And Rusty's yeah, lawyer, yeah. Stephanie Stoltman, Stephanie Stoltman, I complained to the bar. And what did they do? No, slap her on the wrist. I said, she's not complying yeah. with the court order. I want to see Rusty. The trustee wants to see Rusty. Her friends want to see her, talk to her. Barbara won't allow it. And that's where you were saying they take away her rights. It's as though she yeah. is not a person. She's like dead. She's dead, yes. but she's still breathing. Yes. Wow. Still breathing. Still <laughs> and breathing. This goes on all the time, and people, and people well, don't understand it. This is what happens. This is a civil death, and she has no. She can't push her rights because she has none. Like I say, she doesn't exist in the law, and you no, have no. to. Um, and it, it just. Uh, this stuff goes on and on. You know, 
Liz, I have suggested going after these so-called judges. Everybody, oh, you can't. They have immunity. I'm sorry. That doesn't wash. You can't vote yourself immunity, and the only reason you would is if you are knowingly breaking the law. Why else would you need it? Um, right. And, Absolutely. Or think that you need it. And But you can get them for – you cannot sue like the county or the state, but you can sue that person for malfeasance, and that's the misuse of a public office to harm a member of the public. But attorneys right. say, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. You can't. Sure you can. And – this qualified immunity doctrine, they're striking that down all over the country. Um, this was a self-serving decision by the bar associations and the courts uh, that we have immunity. And, of course, then all of a sudden the police adopted it, and we see where that ended up. But this idea that the Constitution of the United States says the law will be applied equally to all men um, – that doesn't say if you got on a black robe and pretended to be a judge, I can't come after you for wrongdoing. It doesn't say that. It right. says all men equally, equal access to the law. That's one of the things, too. I've had attorneys um, confront me. They're, you're very close. You're dangerously close to practicing law without a license. Well, you've been doing it. I have a license. No, you got a bar union card. You don't have any such right. license. The state can issue a license. The Bar Association cannot. And all you've got that. is a union dues card. And <laughs> so carry on, fool. Um, well, but I the have idea we have to have their – okay, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just no, – you know, I'm like pregnant with ideas in my head here. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just <laughs> – you know, I, I spent the whole day going through – these documents, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of pages, and I, I, I read it. I read them. And, you know, I, I, I'm really concerned about this court, re- what is this, report of the investigator, Joni Contreras. She was asked by Barbara Burns uh, to make a report. Uh-huh. This, I, I read through it, and they interview me. Of course, they spelled my, my name Risso and Russo. And, okay, so there were a lot of typos. So basically... At the end of this document, it says the reason they said I was not credible was because of a restraining order. So you've got a fake oh. restraining order in place, and it was dropped. It was dropped by the court because the lawyer didn't show up to court, Miss Stoltman, because she had made that deal with, with us to make the phone call, we'll drop it. I wanted to go to court. I wanted to expose them, and it did get exposed later. So I've got this. Joni Contreras, and I've since called her and said, you know, you kind of wrecked our life. You know, you really did. We had a plan. You took it away from us. You know, you pulled the rug out from under. Mm-hmm. Rusty, you know, even though we weren't living together, she came back here and in a video, this video is, you, you can't help but cry when you look at it. And I'm having a conversation with her just randomly, so I'm I'm not asking her questions. She's just giving me information, and she's saying, I want to be in my own place like she had. We had a little apartment in the care facility. I want to be near you and Richard. I want you to take care of me, you know, and and that's how she was. If if another person would go and be nice to her, she was doing that. But in court, they made it look like all she wanted to do was be with Barbara and, you know, and Uh they didn't take into consideration how she felt about me, the past. It was like you said, trash. But yes, at night at the care facility, Rusty was screaming for me. 
she wanted Liz, she wanted Liz, and they'd have to call me and calm her down. And I know afterwards she continued to do that, and I called the woman at the facility and said, am I able to come there? She said, no, no, if you come here at the, at the rehab place, this is the day after Barbara got guardianship, they're going to call, we haven't okay. called the police. So I had a friend go over <laughs> oh, that wow. next day and tell Rusty what had happened, and I was there. I said, I'm so sorry, Rusty. I did everything I could so these people couldn't take you. And she said, I said, you're going to be with Barbara. And she says, Barbara? Who's Barbara? Now, I recorded it. Oh, wow. My friend, the trustee, was on the line. I said, let's record this. So, oh, you know, my heart sunk. And she said, she said yeah. to me, Liz, you know what? I have to accept my fate. She said, I'm tired. I'm too old to fight. I'm just going to have to go with whatever happens to me. And she said, I love you. Oh, God. And, and don't worry. You know, and it was just like, that's the last conversation we had. And it was difficult. Wow. It was difficult because, <laughs> you know, it, it's just sad. And I, yeah. I have made the decision to advocate for people like Rusty, the Rusties of the world. I, I'm going to go out there and yeah. put myself as the face for her. Because during yeah. this process, uh, you know, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to tell you, Kaz is re-enjoying us, and she wanted to speak a minute. Kaz, are you there? I I am. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Okay. Oh, very good. I have yes. been listening the whole time while I've been rolling out cinnamon rolls, and it's hard <laughs> to put a lot of love in my, it's hard to put love in my baked goods when I'm just feeling so. This is awful what I've been hearing. I'm just so angry. It, it's just yes. been yes. unreal. Wow. Well, I imagine it's kind of I'm like so reliving sweet. a lot of your case with Harvey. Um, yes. You know, yes. this. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I just, like I say, I can't get past what what's wrong with these people that they do this? How can greed overtake your life to such an extent? You could do this to another human being just so you got more money or more this or more that. I just don't get it. I don't. No. These people need to be rounded up, locked up, taken out of society. They're a threat to everyone around them and to themselves. Um, right. I still maintain that what we ought to do is start a mass action of, of taking guardianship petitions against these guardians. And uh, they're I a danger to you. everyone. Sign me up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know, I know that I, I, want, I hope someone out there is listening to this. And if, if an attorney wanted to do some pro bono to remove Barbara, there's certainly enough evidence that she is not a good guardian. She is yeah. exploiting Rusty yeah. to this day. Because I see them on Facebook and she's like, uh, oh, I have Rusty Warren, the star, you know, and okay, that's fine. <laughs> You know, I run Rusty's page. I have a Facebook page for Rusty, and we have a website, RustyWarren.com. I have managed that for 30 years. I own that. And the judge tried to take things away from me. I said, these are my things. You cannot take them away from me. You know, you cannot stop me from promoting Rusty Warren. Right. In fact, at the National Comedy Museum, I was responsible for putting together a display, donating things to them. I donated most of Rusty's things, except for my personal uh, possessions she gave me, right. I donated to the Library of Congress. And Rusty, was, she was so happy to be um, wow. 
remembered in perpetuity. She said nobody would ever do that for her. And and during this process, yeah. Barbara Burns was fighting all the way to stop Liz Rizzo. Why? Stop Jealousy, Liz Rizzo. Yeah. Huh? Jealousy, greed. Yeah. Because Barbara Burns and I were we were friends. We weren't close yeah. friends, but we were friends with Rusty. I even lived there with them for a couple of weeks, a month. Wow. But the minute, you know, I don't know, things shifted. Things shifted. Barbara yeah. didn't want to come out and say, she had a short-term relationship with Rusty, but she kicked her out. When you kick someone out, that's like breaking up. To me, that's called yeah, breaking up. You kick them <laughs> out. And Rusty yeah. didn't want to go back there. She asked me to protect her yeah. from those people. And she cried. And I don't know when I'm going to release these videos, but it's coming soon. It's coming yeah. soon. You know, wow. So. Yeah. It just, so uh, what can we do I, yeah, yeah, okay, so where, you know what? Uh, go over again where Rusty is now and what you know about Rusty's, her condition, if anything. Well, I don't really know much about her condition. Um, she's in Laguna Woods, California, and mm-hmm. I've gotten bits and pieces from people that some days she knows who she is, some days she doesn't. And yet, in court, oh, okay. Barbara says, oh, she's fine, because we asked Barbara Burns in court, how is she doing? Fine. She's just fine. What does fine mean? I want to hear her voice. Yeah. I'll know how yeah. she's doing when I hear her voice. You know, I, I will know. I know, I know what Rusty likes. I lived with her. I, you know, we we were so connected. You know, we left yeah. notes. So I'm going to be here. You know, it was somebody I could count on. And she could count on me. Yes. And she never had right. that relationship with Barbara. Because Barbara was a friend. And then, you know, they, Rusty was lonely. And Barbara doesn't know this, but Rusty was planning to leave. She didn't want to be there anymore. Yeah. I, I had a friend, and I go visit Rusty, and she said, let, you know, let's go back to Phoenix. And that was prior to this happening. Yeah. So Barbara thinks, you know, that I don't know what Barbara thinks. You know, Barbara refuses to talk to me. She refused to communicate with the trustee. She wanted to go to the lawyers, and cha-ching, cha-ching for the lawyers. Yep. You know, yep. and I said, yep. shame on the lawyers. You know, really. I mean, they're great well, when you need and, them. But... Yeah. But the, every time um, there's a motion in that courtroom, the judge makes money yep. off the estate, too. And this is why they allow mm-hmm. so much crap to go on, um, is they're making money to it all at the same time. And uh, they won't let you make a motion, but these attorneys will keep the bank account jumping. Yeah, it just, this is just sick. This is just sick. You know what? Where do you hold? I, I don't mean to go ahead. Well, I have some other information for you. I have a trust. Okay. Let me do this trust. And, you know, it's, it, the first trust was done in Arizona because we lived in Arizona. And she says here, I do appoint Elizabeth Rizzo as true and lawful attorney, power of attorney. So we do that. Okay. I do appoint Elizabeth Rizzo to make any decisions concerning my health, well-being, care, necessity for surgery, et cetera. So this trust, which was very expensive, how do you go to court? My, my, I had a good lawyer too, Joshua Moselle. I'm going to say his name, give him a shout out, because he fought tooth and nail. He pleaded with the judge about this trust and said, Judge, I have a trust with my wife and my daughter. He said, I don't want to end up in a courtroom like this today and have the judge say, oh, sorry. We're, we're, we're not giving you your rights. And that's what they did to Rusty. 
So they tried to yeah. say I didn't have the right. Then they said I did have the right. So now we have Rusty's will, which now trumps the guardianship. And right. so there are things in there that give me the right to do certain things. Um, now Barbara, dear Barbara. But let Jones, me give you, know, you a warning I, there. Please let me give you a warning. These yeah, guardianships yeah. are supposed to end when uh, immediately upon death. They um, don't. I, I, I knew, they, I knew that. No, they out. don't. Right? No, nope, right. They don't. And he's, he's going to fight uh, me? They drag them out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. So, well, and then they contest the will because that, that's what they did with us so that they can basically get attorney fees for every last drop of penny. I mean, they'll down to the last penny, they'll take it all. They'll contest it, yep. and it's unreal. Yeah, it's, it, it doesn't end. No, it, you know, and that's the thing. I've got to stop this woman because they're, 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 the will is separate from the – it's in with the trust. But I did send Barbara a copy, but, of course, she's ignored me. But Barbara hijacked an account of mine. Um, Rusty and I had a homeowner's policy, which I paid, and she had a personal articles policy, which our <laughs> both of our jewelry – we had our jewelry listed and insured. I didn't even realize my jewelry was on there. And Barbara, you know, had the address. And the past two years, my husband was paying for it, which he didn't have to. But they wouldn't release right. that account or shut it down. State Farm said, no, Barbara has to do it. So we continued to pay. And I sent them, finally found a month ago, or about a month and a half, the actual appraisal proving that most of that jewelry was mine, the other stuff was stolen. Not stolen, um, sold. Over the years, Rusty yeah. and I sold things. We just, you know, we just would stuff. Yeah. It was, you know. But they, you know, they still to this day try to make a claim against my jewelry. And I contacted State Farm. Oh, and my said, This God. is fraud. This is, it wanted $32,000. Yeah. And I said, I'm wearing the ring Rusty gave me. I'm wearing the other ring that was from my first husband. Uh, you know, I got pictures of my wedding. But, no, they just kept going. You know, and, and then Rusty oh, and I, I did, did, even after the trust, we did a document when she was living with Barbara to give me permission to go in there and get her stuff because her stuff goes into the trust. And I don't necessarily want right. her stuff. I don't need stuff, but I don't want them to have, like you said, the trophies. Those, yeah. they, don't, they're, they don't belong to them. You know, they don't, they don't belong to them. Right. I feel that if we were husband and wife, this would have had a different outcome. Maybe. Maybe not. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. I'm telling you, it's it's a no-holds-barred. If you got it, we want it. If we have to kill you to get it, we will. And uh, we were talking earlier this evening, Kaz and I, about the strange coincidental deaths associated with these guardianship cases, family members who protest too much or you know, or fought back too hard, and um, or maybe had the goods on them uh, more so than what we normally would get, and either they or people close to them suddenly expire. What a coincidence! Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, but it, the, the retaliation in this is horrendous, and there is no protection. The police, sheriff, the attorneys, the judges, nobody will move to protect you. Nobody, but they will. Okay. Mow you down to protect that predator, and I want to know why. Yeah, I do too. I yeah. do too, and I don't know what to do. But you know what? I'm like a pit bull. 
when I get onto your ankle, I am not letting go. Go ahead. <laughs> Whoever's hearing this, don't get in my path. Because <laughs> I'm advocating yep, for my, my, I promised Rusty many, many years ago to take care of her at the end. And because of her mm-hmm. dementia, you know, she tells people things. I, I, she had moments where she, and I'd come to see her and she said, oh, so-and-so came to see me. And I'm like, okay, that didn't really happen. Or she didn't have lunch and she had two yeah. lunches. Yeah. So, like you're saying, they take these, <laughs> these innocent people. And Rusty was like a child when we grew up. You know, and when she was uh-huh. in her career, she was a wild woman. I mean, she was, you know, yeah. doing shows <laughs> and traveling. And, and we, we had great, oh, we had the best life. We had the best life. And they cannot take those memories from me. You know, no, and if you look right. at the, there's a Facebook page for Rusty Warren, and I post pictures almost every other day of all the fun things we did. You know, despite Barbara said, you know, she met with Rusty 12 times over 58 years. Yeah. And they were best friends. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. like a, a groupie. It reminds me of a groupie who has this vision that they're best friends with a star. No. Yeah. Not true. But they were in a yeah. short-term relationship, like I said. But that was over. Yeah. But... This guardianship thing is daunting. It's just, yeah, and like I say, it never ends. Uh, even though this, the law says it's just like um, I'll use Minnesota as an example because I'm very familiar with it. They have a statute. It's called an abatement rule. And if you're in a nursing home, you're being abused or neglected, and somebody files a complaint and charges, they'll string it out. They'll play beat the clock. And they'll string it out straight out until the person dies because under the abatement clause, <clears throat> as soon as they pass away, the case dies. They aren't alive anymore, so it doesn't matter. And this is basically what happens in guardianship. They run it out, hmm. run it out, run it out, and stall and deny and everything else, the person dies. But in, unfortunately, in guardianship, even though the case is supposed to stop immediately. There's no one to guardianize anymore. You relinquish any control you had, let the estate go to the heirs like it was supposed to. Not a chance. Not a freaking chance. And they will drag this out and carry on. A good friend of ours, Lisa Belanger, her father was an attorney. And when he retired, his own personal attorney had him guardianized. And over eight and a half years, they stole eight and a half million dollars from this man, held him hostage in his own home. He couldn't have any visitors, nothing else. They were trying to sell his house. The family's fighting to stop them from doing it. He passed away two years ago. They just sold his house. It never ends. It never ends. As long as there's anything left to get. They are after it, and there isn't a court, tribunal, nothing that will stand up to them and say no. They will go into court time after time, and like I say, these judges all make money off of this every time a motion is brought. On the East Coast, it runs around 2.6% of the estate. As you move west and get to California, it's 5 to 6% of the estate. Uh, Every time a motion is brought, that's one of those fees and expenses that uh, never gets audited. That goes right into the judge's pocket. So this is why they, uh, you can't get them to do anything. That that money is, is that that case is money in the bank. 
uh, especially we're a large estate, the longer they can drag it out, the more times they can appear in court, the more money that judge made. And that is aside from his salary as a judge or a probate examiner. Uh, probate was set up, this was done 20, 25 years ago. It was separated from the state level court. The excuse was, oh, the state courts were so overwhelmed with these cases, they had to do something. And as I brought up in front of the Minnesota legislature at one point, you did. You created a tertiary court system that doesn't follow the law. And you hired more judges in courtrooms. And their excuse was, if we hadn't have done it, we'd have had to hire more judges in courtrooms. And I said, isn't that exactly what you did? Only you created this tertiary court system. And the reason you did it was to bypass the law. And now it's a free-for-all. And every piece of legislation I've seen come out, Liz, every single, without exception, that is supposed to address any part of this issue, will talk about family and community members abusing the victim. But they never mention these predatory guardians. They never allude to them. You wouldn't know they existed if you just stuck to this legislation. Everything is geared towards persecuting the family and community. <clears throat> they don't say anything about professional predators or the no, activities no. of the Bar Association associated with that. Well, we have, we have to stop it. And I know there's a National uh, Guardianship Abuse uh, Convention coming up, Whistleblowers Convention. Um, what yeah. that is is the Whistleblower Summit. Um, I'm going to have a panel there. Yeah. And... <laughs> This year we'll be on Zoom, live on Zoom, for the um, because of this fake virus thing. They're not holding it in person. And if you ever get a chance to go to it, uh, honestly, Liz, you should go. <laughs> it is an eye-opener. The people you will meet, um, the topics they cover, what they're doing, what they've had successes with, where they ran into a wall. Um, yeah. It's it's just a, an event you, you would want to attend. It's invigorating, <laughs> for one thing, but you're with usually thousands of other individuals who are blowing the whistle in one area or another. And we were fortunate enough here four years ago that we were invited to conduct a panel at the summit, and we have one every year there now on guardianship abuse. So, wow. yeah. I, I'd love to be able to help. I, I You know, I don't know if... There's anything I can do to help? Licking envelopes, (laughs) whatever. Yeah. Well, we're, 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 go ahead. No, you first. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kyle. Oh, I thought Kyle was saying something. Oh, no. Oh, I didn't say anything. No, I just said the wh
and I think it's the evil just oozes up out of the ground and affects me. But anyway, <laughs> well, I want to go there. Uh, my, my son-in-law is there. I want to go there. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Well, maybe they'll hold it, yeah. you know, in Hawaii. <laughs> Oh, and yeah. oh, oh, this is, that'd be too much to hope for. Yeah, right, I couldn't afford to get to Hawaii what? anyway. Cause, <laughs> cause, and yeah. and Marty, you know what? This whole yeah. year, I've had nightmares. I have nightmares that I'm in court again, and they're grilling me. They're, you know, I I have this repeated yeah. dream, and I mean, I, I had to go see a doctor because you know I can't sleep. Um, and I, and I wonder how Rusty's doing. Is she having yeah. this? Because she, 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 I mean, during the part of the life that we had towards this last few years, she knew she had dementia. And she would tell me, I yeah. know something's wrong with my brain and I, I can't stop it. And I know, but she kept, and in her own words, I, I can't wait till you see the videos. She said, I, I can't find yeah. the words, but I can still hear. I can still hear those people talking about you. And saying bad things about you, and I kept telling them to stop. And oh. so, people with dementia, and 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 anyone who's in a situation where a guardian takes them over, they can still hear you, and they still have feelings. Yes. You yeah. Know, yes. Still, you know, and it's just don't. I just don't know what to do. And I, I, I so appreciate you giving me the opportunity to make this public, because I didn't have yeah. a platform. And when I try to yeah. do it on Facebook, oh my God, they come the the naysayers come out of the woodwork. Well, you know, you were oh, this yeah. and you were that, and oh my God, I mean, no one cared about my my credentials. They just said, oh, well, Barbara was a police officer. Well, I worked in probation. I worked in the criminal justice yeah. system at the prison. I'm a law-abiding citizen. And you know what? One of my rights was taken away from me. I was I was looking at the. U.S. Constitution from my college days, and one of my yeah. rights is mm-hmm. right, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I have, have not been able to have the pursuit of happiness. You know, no. And then Rusty, mm-hmm. and you life, haven't been liberty. able to exercise your rights either. You know, no. that's no. another part of this. Uh, <laughs> right. Your rights were taken so, from you along with everything else. Yep, my rights were taken I'm away from me, and my. Yeah, and Rusty, you know, um, it's just, I, I just, like you said, how, you said today to me we talked that there were three kinds of people out there. There were people that yes. that do these. So what, who those, will you refresh my memory on that? Well, it's a, it's a theory I have been, for the last several years, I've been seeing things from different scientific communities and supposed experts that they believe that there are actually two if not three different species of human being this is signified most especially in people who are rh negative but for me i couldn't figure out i couldn't account for all of the these predators that are circulating in the population this lack of empathy sympathy of normal human emotion um mm-hmm. what is that beeping and um oh, be but, a timer Okay, well, but this would account if if they actually are separate. These people are are deficient in what we call normal human characteristics, as I said, empathy, sympathy, you know, compassion, integrity, character. They seem to be missing all these things, and they mimic what they need to mimic 
in order to survive in society without being ostracized. But I, right. I do believe that there are, are there that the double species theory has some merit, and it would account for the large number of these people who are deficient, and they are deficient. Uh, I think if you could administer a psych test to these people, you would find several, you know, severe character deficits. Um, these people are not like the rest of us. Here, they almost take pleasure in the misery they're causing, and um, absolutely not just only to the victim, to the family. There's a pleasure they take in that. Uh, like say, the collecting of trophies. These are predators. They are predators by nature. If it hadn't been guardianship, they'd have found some other way to prey on people. And, and I think we see all kinds of these people all over the place in various aspects. But it's, it is just a theory at this time. And I've been watching it for new information to come and everything. But it's like, um, let's say a woman is RH negative. She gets pregnant. She has to take shots all during that pregnancy to keep her own body from rejecting her baby as a foreign invader. And that was their first clue. There had to be a difference. There had to be a difference. And <laughs> so they're talking about being these different species. Um, but I just, uh, I think there's something to it, but I don't have the scientific background to say yes or no or anything is something I suspect. But um, like I say, there's too many of them for this to be a coincidence or be incidental. There's too many right. of them. You can't have this many people running that lack any human emotion. And don't you ever wonder if they're this deficit in their business arrangement, and this is business to them, what are they like in their personal relationships? They still don't possess the ability to love or integrity or, you know, decency. They don't have it. So right. well, I, what are they doing in their Right, that's the people that Say do what? this professionally. The people that do this professionally, like the um, yeah, the, the, the attorneys. I'm going to say they don't care. The, the two attorneys, yes. Newborn and Stiltman. I'm going to use their name again because they have put us through hell, you know. But Barbara is now. Rusty's getting care now. She's getting 24-hour care. They're reading books to her. I mean, she's getting the care. She's getting her food, her hair done. They're taking good care of her. Finally. Finally, so yeah. they're still neglecting to let her be with her people, be with her fans, because she mm-hmm. thrives on that adoration. Of course. But I forgot to mention something. You know, during this procedure, all this procedure, we had a trust, and in that trust there was a document that said, if there's anything that I forgot to put in the trust, it automatically goes in the trust. So Miss Barbara Burns uh, gets her hand. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a, it's a clause. It's a pour over. It's a pour over truck clause or something. I, I may not mm-hmm. be saying it correctly. So Barbara Burns decides to cancel a cremation policy that Rusty had with her wishes specifically in there. So she cashes oh, it out no. fine. Then she cashes out the life insurance that Rusty took out for me. But it wasn't a big policy. It was a policy that was going to pay the taxes on the annuity for this life insurance policy. So Ms. Burns cashed that out. And then wow. this this year created a, well, it's around $60,000 that Rusty has to owe IRS because of the way this policy was cashed out prematurely. So 
So you've got a guardian here who obviously didn't know what she was doing with this financial and blew it. So I want her held accountable. That's not not Rusty's fault. She did it to hurt me. Even when they were living together, when my dog passed away, my buddy had him 16 years, Rusty was heartbroken. She loved that dog. And I went to visit her and Barbara. And Rusty yelled at Barbara, don't you have compassion for Liz? She just lost, I mean, I love that dog. I was with him 24 hours a day. He was my service dog. when I, I couldn't walk after my surgery. And Rusty loved him. But Barbara, like you said, those people have no compassion. You know, she's cold. Yeah. You know, she's calculated. You know, and that's what they call me, calculated. All I've done is defend mm-hmm. Rusty and defend, defend the trust. And that was my duty as trustee. Yes. Yeah. To defend the trust. So right. at this point, I don't know what to do to make this different, except talk about it. Just get the conversation out yeah. there with people. So, yeah. you know, do I have to? Well, that's you know, really say, about all you can do, because if you're looking for mm-hmm. help from the courts or from attorneys, you're not going to get it. Um, they'll sing you a good song till it gets right down to it. And then, of course, they take, you know, they're gone. Uh, and I hate to say that it's a, a sad statement to make, but it is a yeah. true statement. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know well, where we're supposed to go. All these protests. Go ahead. You know the protests. There's Black Lives Matter. Yes. There's Asian Lives Matter. Uh-huh. It's got to be Elder Lives Matter. We need to get a grassroots uh-huh. coalition and get some T-shirts made and get out there and march. Peacefully march. Yeah. You got to be careful because this, this world is a little crazy. Or bake cookies. Yeah. And go door to door with it, you know, because of the pandemic, everything. Oh, is you can't weird, do that. But... You can't do that because no, you might you poison somebody. <laughs> no, no. Can't okay. do it. I'll bake the cookies. Yeah, I have a license bakery. Okay. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you know, go. it's it, yeah. it's just I know at this point of my life I. I'm not sure what I'm going to do, what the next step is, but I, I know that I'm, I'm a, I have faith in God that God's got this. God's yeah. got this for Rusty, for me, for some of these people that unfortunately, you know, can't, can't defend themselves. Can't and speak in up. Fact, there's a, yeah. Elaine Booz, you know, I don't know if you heard of the comedian, Elaine Boozler. Yeah. Yes. She, okay. She, she was a great, good friend of Rusty's. Well, a couple of years ago, Elaine's, mm-hmm. Aunt, I think it's her aunt, was in a care home. A guardian took possession of her rather than contact yeah. the family. And when she died, they had her buried. And in the Jewish faith, you don't bury the people. There's a whole process. But she had her buried in a Catholic cemetery. And then Ow. she wanted her she, Yeah. And they sent her a bill. And she said, oh, no, we need to undig her and put her where she belongs because they had a family plot. So... Elaine yeah. has gone to battle for her, her cousin. I think it was her cousin. Um, and, and, you know, you see that and you think, it couldn't happen to me. And it does. So, yeah. And it's, I, I don't know if it's still going on, but I'm imagining, you know, they wanted her to pay to have the well, body taken out. Elaine, yeah. So. Well, and the, the thing is, uh, they know, they already knew they were doing the wrong thing. They knew exactly what the result of this would be. And this is more about making money than anything else. Mm-hmm. And um, but this is this is just how callous these people are. They don't care. Mm. They don't care. They don't care. Give me the right. money, 
and let me go along my way and don't give me any trouble and I'll let you walk around like you've got some sense. Um, you know, and this is the destruction of people's character. Um, you know, there's, uh, like I say, it, these are the worst in society. Uh, we <laughs> treat people who've been in prison as if they're some kind of pariah and this hangs with them all their lives. And yet these people do this every day of their lives. And for yep. some reason, I'm supposed to treat them with respect. I treat people with the respect they demand. And being arrogant does not make me respect you. Um, <laughs> and when you make your living preying on other human beings for profit, I'm sorry, I have no respect for you whatsoever. And But this is, I, I don't know how to stop this. I've seen in every state, virtually every state, Liz, families band together, groups, and go after their legislators, and you need to stop this and everything, and it just all kind of disappears. Oh, yeah, they're going to do something. Well, they're going to look into this. And, well, yeah, they're going to get something done on this. And they don't. And every time we have a big push to make changes in this, the senators or representatives that were supposedly leading the charge suddenly fall back. So you go look at the money trail and you see where the Mm -hmm. Bar Association, the elder law attorneys, adult protective services, nursing homeowners – all chunked in a ton of money to their campaign coffers. Well, guess who they're representing now? And wow. this is the way it goes every time. Uh, I had I had one representative in Minnesota tell me, when you see the day where you can put $100,000 in my campaign chest at one time, I'll listen to what you have to say. And I said, well, well you're impossible. just a step up from dirt, aren't you? You know, well, we'll raise money. It you just cause will make cookies. Yeah, <laughs> sell them at the bakery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll there do. you go. Oh, let's do a go. You know what? I was. Well, well, what I was wondering is there like a young comedian that's like out there that would like be a spokesperson or just kind of talk about it because that I feel be like if other people, mm. I mean, it's all about building awareness. Like the movie that came out was great. It built awareness. But is there someone yeah. that's a famous comedian, like I could just see the Saturday Night Live, um, you know, they could do a little spoof on all this and people would be like, it would build awareness. Like, oh, really? That really happens? You know, like just something. And is there right. a comedian yeah. in some kind of a network? That, oh, you have. I tried that. You know, I, I personally, because um, I, I, I know Lily Tomlin and Dan Aykroyd, you know, the Comedy Museum, and my connections with Rusty, yeah. and people don't, they're afraid to speak out. They don't want to be attached to something that can cause them harm. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and they're, uh, you know, like Amy Schuler, I would love to have Amy Schuler speak, you know, but until it happens to them, like Elaine Boozler is speaking out. She's a comedian. Yeah. But, you know, uh-huh. you need, you need, we need to. Go, I need to go to Washington and literally go up to the gates and talk to Biden. You say, Biden, you know, we've got to do something here. You really want to help people, you know, but he's doing other things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even when you know, Trump, when was, the, in office, Trump was, he was, he was, yeah, you know, people didn't, a lot of people didn't like him. I had an idea that would redeem him to do several things. He stopped guardianship abuse, stop student loans, <laughs> but do things for people that really matter. You know, not not politically generated or motivated, but you know, it's. I guess I don't know what to do. So, if there's anyone listening to this, idea. (laughs) 
Help. Well, that's the whole problem, Liz. None of these people we're speaking about give a damn. They don't care. As long as they get reelected, um, as long as they can make money off of under underhanded deals going on in the legislature. Um, you know, somebody made the comment, these people go into office making 30000 a year, and they really had nothing beforehand, and within a couple of years, they're multimillionaires. How does that happen? Well, yeah, you exactly. got sold out. That's how that happened. And it's just like when these probate mm-hmm. tribunals were established, they knew exactly, anybody who was in government knew exactly what they were doing and why. And nobody mm-hmm. said a word. I have brought this up numerous times. I'm going to bring it up again. I don't care till you get it through your heads, people. This is about money. They have blown Social Security. It isn't the claimants that are breaking Social Security. It's the feds can't keep their hands out of it. They owe now $4.5 trillion to Social Security in money they have siphoned off of it, taken the surplus, gotten into the principal, and they have no way to pay it back. It's called an intra-governmental liability. When Nancy Pelosi, with her nauseating self, stands up and says, unfunded liabilities, Social Security is an unfunded liability. No, it's unfunded by you. You're one of the people that helped raid the pot. You had no way to pay that money back, and you never intended to. But now here we are retiring. And so the other thing, if you're not going to pay the money back and the money isn't there because you took it, the only other thing to do is get rid of the people who'd make a claim. You're doing a fine job of it. Um, Mm -hmm. This COVID thing has now killed close to 50,000 elderly people, all of them on Social Security. They all died in nursing homes or the hospital. Imagine that. Right. Um, yeah, they aren't dying at home of COVID. They're dying in a facility. Uh, yeah. They go into these nursing homes and they forcibly object people with these um, so-called vaccines that they've admitted are not vaccines. It's gene therapy. They're altering your DNA. They've admitted it. And everybody falls over dead. Right well, to- they had COVID. Yep. And yeah. um, well, drive up to her door, so they, but, and they'll call the police. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, it, it's this is the whole thing that they want rid of us. They want rid of us. Guardianship is a small piece of it. They only get maybe five, six thousand people a year across the country. But hospice does its part. It it's hastening deaths. They're murdering people. Get it? They're murdering people, and. That's what pre-hasten death is, sweetie. And hospice is not the good Samaritan it used to be. That's its old branding. Its new branding is we're the Grim Reaper come to life. Uh, There are numerous ways hospitals participate in euthanasia, withholding of medical Mm. care, because they decide that somebody just say, well, you know, they're going to be sick anyway, just let them go. Um, We've got hospitals across the country that are trying to get the authority to guardianize people who refuse medical treatment because there's money in those medical treatments. This is not about your health and well-being. This is about profit. As I said, they have modified us. And so you have to be careful going to the the hospital. I'm sorry, going where? I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Speak up. Okay, Rusty (laughs) is in a situation now where they're trying to keep her alive. Obviously, 
And I'm hoping she has a good quality of life. I, I'm, I'm hoping. That's all I can pray for. But mm-hmm. it's a ven- vendetta to drain the trust because they know whatever's left yes. in that trust goes to me. They the money. It's not about the money. Yep. It's principle. It's the ethical things that aren't being done. And, you yes. know, I, I there'll be people that are going to just, and there's going to be people who might be upset when they hear this. But you know what? The bottom line, it's about Rusty and her wishes, and her rights were taken yeah. away. And but right, I don't, I don't know what to do. But mm-hmm. let's hope that there's yeah. somebody out there who hears this. Who Bill Gates? Where's Bill Gates? We no, for God's sake, keep that <laughs> genocidal monster out of here. Uh, <laughs> if he had his way, we'd all get a shot. Oprah? Yeah. We want oh, Ronan Farrell. Who do we want? Ronan Farrell. Okay, that's fine. Who is that? Take one of them. Oh my, he's the guy who um, wrote about that. What was his name? Like Howard or Weinstein, and he was some big producer, and it started the whole Me Too movement. He's um, Uh he's an investigative journalist, and no one ever wants him snooping around. He was like Frank Sinatra and Mia Farrow's son, and he he's a big yeah he's a really popular writer. So. I follow him on Facebook. We all, you know, my I have a little group that we're all out of, you know, in Pennsylvania, and we all we all want Ronan Farrow to do his investigative thing because when he when he writes about something, it changes the world. The guy is pretty amazing. So look him up, Ronan wow. Farrow, and he's a, okay. amazing. Yeah, he brings him down. Hmm. Oh wow! He brings okay. Him down. Wow. Yeah. Uh huh. He so, brought him uh, yeah. yeah, and see, now <laughs> now you know what you've done. You've exposed him to to the glory hogs. Yeah, now, oh, <laughs> yeah he, you know what? Yeah. I, I would actually think, like, with Rusty being, like, more of a famous person, more of a well-known name, just kind of like the Britney Spears yeah. thing, I think that, that you're going to have a better better chance at getting media because of who she was yeah. or who she is yeah. than, yes. you know, than, you know, than the rest of us. And so we are so excited. So, right. We will be so excited to work with you and name drop, yeah. you know, Rusty and that, hey, we don't have a story <laughs> that we can share. Well, I'm gonna she, write your, she knew I'm a lot of people. Well, I yeah. want people to, to at least look at her website because is yeah. all about Rusty. It's full of videos. It's cute. It's fun. Um, it's RustyWarren.com, and I have been running that oh, page wow. forever. A friend of mine put it together, and um, I want people to know who she is and to see this vibrant woman whose life was taken away. Yeah. And, um, and that is exactly what they do too, Liz. They steal yeah. their lives. They steal they their do. past, they steal the present, and they steal the future. And um, it is a living yeah. death, what they do to them, a living death. And it, I know that's mm-hmm. a contradiction in terms, but that's what it amounts to. They have taken everything from you, your identity, your assets, your rights, everything you had that made you, you, is taken yeah. from you. And right. nobody bats an eye, nobody bats an eye, anybody that should uh, sit silent and quiet or pretends they don't know, 
uh, you know, that whole shebang. And uh, I'm sorry, I, there isn't anything in D.C. that would be worth me forfeiting, for one thing, my my sense of personal honor. Or if okay. I had to betray you to advance myself, I don't want to do it. I won't do it. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I just, um, mm-hmm. but that's why I say I, I'm coming more and more to the conclusion there are more than one species of us. And I mean, we look at all the rest of the animal kingdom and we are animals, whether you like it or you don't. And, uh, yes. but they, there's different species in, in every family of animals. And uh, why should we be different? It's like some years ago, they had held for years that uh, what Neanderthal man had long ago disappeared until they got to check in DNA against ancient DNA that they had found and found out that, no, they didn't disappear. Um, <laughs> they're still present in the general population, the DNA from Neanderthal. So, I mean, anything's possible. They know so little about it, and yet know way too much. And, um, it, you know, because they're using it against us is exactly what they're doing. We're down to the end of the show here, girls. Uh, Liz, do you have any last words or comments? Well, I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity with you on this topic. Um, I was nervous at first, obviously, because it's, you know, very close to my heart. But you covered the topic yeah. beautifully. Uh, thank you, Cause, for chiming in. And uh-huh. I am going to keep pursuing this topic forever. All thank right. You. Well, Thanks. you stay in touch with mm-hmm. us so we can help you. Yeah, I will. Because we'll do whatever we can Absolutely. to help you. And, uh, thank you. You know, whatever we can contribute, we will. And um, so keep that in mind as you move about. And stay in touch, too. Don't just... Fall by the wayside there and pretend like you never knew us because you did. (laughs) I know you now. All right. All right. Thank you so much, ladies. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Liz. Knockers up, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'll do that. That's what Rusty would say. (laughs) Knockers up. Yeah, knockers up. And I say at the time, that was just stunning, you know, just stunning. And, uh, but, (laughs) yeah. All right, well, I want to remind everyone these shows are brought to you in coordination with the Whistleblower Summit, brought to you by Marcel Reed, and we will be on Zoom video this year live, and um, I think that'll make a far better presentation than doing a video and logging it. Um, I like the idea of this much better, is have an open conversation. And we're not going to mm-hmm. do the usual, you know, I speak, you speak, and then they, we're going to have a roundtable discussion. So everybody's included and involved and um, uh, and talk about this topic openly in terms people can understand. Uh, people really need to understand this can happen to you at any time. Don't think it yeah. can't. I don't know the number of people that have said, well, it's not going to happen to us because we went to an attorney and we did estate planning. Well, uh, you just threw a bunch of money down the toilet because yeah. that attorney that sold you that bank estate plan knew full well that in a probate court, that hearing examiner will toss that estate planning aside and say it isn't relevant and it's an obstacle. They never say an obstacle to what, but it's the obstacle to the guardian seizing all your assets. Uh, what you think you're going to leave to your children, they ain't going to them. Uh, don't tell anybody what you've got, mm-hmm. where it's at, how much it's worth, and who has access to it. 
Keep that information to yourself. And don't tell attorneys, social workers, nobody. Because somebody will have a... Go yeah, ahead. Don't fall for the free dinner. And don't fall for the free dinner. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I I come here, our plan your estate to avoid guardianship and conservatorship, and you have to give them a list of all your assets, where they're at, and what they're worth, and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then you go in the system, and you go in and have a steak, and it's the last good meal you're going to have. Uh, yeah. Because wow. now you're you're marked. Like when you go in the hospital, as I've told you, they have that monitor screen the back of it facing you, and they say, you just sign electronically. It's your admit. Print it off, and I'll sign it in person. Oh, we don't do that. Then I don't get admitted. Well, it's a standard form. I don't care what it is. Why won't you, well, don't you want me to read it? Well, it's just a standard form. Does it have the worm biologics in it? Why? Because that means they can vaccinate me if they choose to, and I don't vaccinate. They can do experimental blood research on me. I don't want that done. It means they can do whatever they want to with medications and research, and I haven't got a word to say about it. So you print that off, and I'll sign the hard copy, and you can scan that into the file. We don't do that. Well, then I don't check in. The other thing they do on admittance to the hospital is an asset search. (laughs) And I asked one time, why are you doing that? Well, we want to make sure you can pay the bill. I got three insurance cards laying there. I think I can pay the bill. Well, we just want to know first to see you. Um, But they're looking for your assets. They have their own attorneys. And many states allow that attorney for the hospital to guardianize you. And then it's a free-for-all. There are so many ways to come at you, places where you should be safe and secure, like hospitals, doctor's office. You are not. You are not. And when you go in there, if they ask you if you've slipped or fallen in the last year, tell them, no, you were doing cartwheels and handstands. All of these questions, have you felt sad at any time in the last month? Have you you felt like, you know, do you ever have suicidal thoughts? Um, You know, have you had days where you just don't answer any of those questions? Tell them this is not the reason I'm here. I'm here for whatever reason. (laughs) Could we please get down to that? Well, these are just general questions. I know exactly what they're, they're a setup. I'm not answering these questions. I can't. I have a headache. Anyway, we got 90 seconds left. Again, Liz, thank you. Cause I'm glad you could join in. Thank you. And I wish thank I had you. some of your cinnamon rolls. <laughs> and Liz, now. You, you, her cinnamon Martha, rolls are to die. Yeah. Oh, well, a few hundred miles away. Someday. <laughs> Oh, she ships out. Thank you for the yes, great. she does. Yeah, I, Marcia, yeah. I hope Marcia, I shipped one to Marcia Southwick. I hope she got it today. It was supposed to arrive today. They oh, come hey. frozen and you have to pay them uh, off. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Marcia, the anyway, everybody. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Everybody, thanks for tuning right. in. We, we had a good crowd tonight, and we will revisit this again and keep you updated on what's happened with Rusty Warren. Keep her in your yeah. thoughts, in your prayers. We need all the help we can get. And we will talk to you all soon. Everybody have a good evening and good night. Night. Good night.